Clemson Dubcast Saturday, July 24th. Man, what a what a week. Back into the fire in more ways than one for sure with all this conference realignment stuff. Oklahoma and Texas. Wow. The repercussions going to be far and wide for sure. I think everybody agrees on that. Plenty of discussion about this on the West End Zone message board at TigerIllustrated.com. Also, Paul Strilo, our recruiting ace, is covering all the developments from the All-In Cookout as Clemson staff holds its sort of final recruiting punch before turning everything into the direction of Jiao Jiao on September 4th and getting ready for the season as a whole. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse and neglect, car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864 864- 9904581 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P A R H A M law.com. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm Smith and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. Okay, earlier this week we had Clemson Media Day in the football offices, the Allen Reeves Complex, otherwise known as Debo Land, had a great time catching up with all the assistant coaches and the head coach, of course. We thought we would dispense some of the audio uh, in sort of long form from some of these conversations with the assistant coaches. Did it two years ago at the same time, and it went over really well. So we'll start with quarterbacks coach Brandon Streeter and then go to wide receivers coach Tyler Grisham. Here we go. Oh uh, yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody. Man, nice. Brandon, a nice little uh, recent surge here in recruiting, uh, especially on the, the uh, defensive side of the ball. Just kind of you know, update us on recruiting moving forward, and especially with you guys not allowing any official visits until the fall. It might have been expected that with your patience, it was going to be a little slower for you guys as far as signing a bunch of guys right away. We're committing right. a bunch of guys right away. Yes, sir. Well, I think that uh, you know, obviously, our recruiting is always about the relationships and. And getting guys on campus. I mean, that's what that's what we're um, that's what our job is as coaches to get them on campus. And obviously, we haven't been able to do that until recently. Get them on campus, and so we knew it was going to be a little bit slower as far as maybe some of the guys that might be committing to us. But um, once we get a chance to get them on a campus and, and get them around us and, and just get to know them and, and get to know the families, um, 
it usually has a little bit of a trigger effect. And, and uh, fortunately, we've had some momentum right now with with a couple guys committing to us and, and great guys and more importantly great people and great character and so um, I think you'll see here in the, in the in the future too here in the next coming months that we'll have some uh, some more guys you know you know coming on board so so we're excited about it. Now, now that we're back into in-person recruiting what did you maybe take away from the year of the COVID year of recruiting and maybe some of the things you had to institute into how you went about the process that you just decided hey that, that really worked out well I'm just going to add that to the repertoire moving forward. Yeah, obviously we had to learn how to use technology first off and just be able to be as creative as we possibly could in, in regards to um, just getting to know these kids. You know, like I said earlier, just so important that we're around them and, uh, and be able to shake their hands and that sort of thing, and we weren't, weren't able to do that. So we had to be creative and uh, a lot of Zoom calls, obviously. Um, and just um, I, I think what we learned, too, is that – um, these kids, some of them, you know, will make some decisions before they really dive in and get to know us in person. And so some guys came off the board just because of that situation, and we're fine with that because I think the most important thing for us is that making sure Coach Sweeney gets to meet these guys and be able to make sure we develop that relationship in person. And, um, and so we missed out, you know, a few guys just because they're, they were a little bit more ready to uh, make a decision, even though they might not have been able to visit places as much. So that was a little surprising, at least from my point of view, that some guys were ready to make a decision and they haven't really spent a whole lot of time with the coaching staff and being on campus and uh, being with some teammates. Everybody is worried about depth. They're talking about depth in the quarterback room, losing Bubba. Now you may be a little bit thin. How concerned are you? Kind of what is your plan heading into the season? Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of experience behind DJ, and, and even Hunter doesn't have a whole lot. Yeah, really, um, really not concerned. I, I'm really excited. I think um, we're gonna have five guys that um, I feel I feel really good about. I mean, obviously, there's a lot to do. Um, it is a little more thin than most years, um, but as you all recall, the year that we won the national championship in 2018, um, after that fourth game, after losing Kelly. You know, it was it was Trevor and Chase and Ben Batson and and then it was Hunter Renfro. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, two guys that you felt good about. Um, but we're going to be we're going to have we're going to be deeper this year. Um, now it's a matter of getting them ready to play, obviously. So obviously losing Bubba, we, we lost that number, obviously, a, number, a little bit more depth, um, you know, coming in 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 June is very, very hard. Um, to, you know, learn the offense and be very, very comfortable with it. But I've been very impressed with, um, you know, Will Taylor and also with uh, Billy Wiles. Um, And I think both those kids are going to be capable and going to be able to help us. Um, And obviously, you know, you got um, DJ who has more experience than Trevor did going into Trevor's freshman year when we won the whole thing, you know. So I really feel... I, I'm, I'm really not concerned. I'm, I'm, I'm more anxious and more ready because I know I have enough guys. You know, I have five guys that we're going to be able to work with, and uh, they're all eager and willing to learn and, and get better. And and, uh, and and I really haven't seen the two freshmen do anything yet because we haven't started practice yet. So, uh, but I've hear I've heard they're doing very well. And then, 
you know, I think the, the, the last thing I'd say is, as a freshman, the, the biggest thing is how fast can you learn it and be comfortable to be able to manage and, and just, you know, get us in the right play and, and, and just be able to, you know, manage the operation. And uh, I think I have two guys that are smart enough to be able to do that. So, so I think we're going to be fine. Um, and I'm just anxious and excited to work with these guys and, and uh, see what we got at the end of camp. Did you, did you like take a serious look at the portal? Like, we did not. No, we did not. No, I think it's such a, as you all know, Coach Sweeney's uh, and, and our program's uh, philosophy on that. We just really feel that, you know, letting these guys earn it that are here um, and rewarding them for their hard work. Um, and so we're really trying to avoid that as much as possible. So I never contacted anybody. Um, and so, I mean, we might have had a few conversations about it, but it was nothing that was something that was serious at all. Do you feel like you have someone that can be that Chase Price type guy who can come in and, and be a confident backup, or is that something you're hoping to develop throughout camp? Yeah, no, I, I really do. I think there's a couple guys that, that uh, you know, don't have a, much experience, but neither did Chase have much experience right. until that Syracuse game, you know? Um, so, you know, Chase did something special in that game and, and uh, the team rallied around him and that sort of thing. We have guys on this team that are capable of doing something like that for sure. Um, you know, and I know Tyson is a guy that, um, you know, is, is improving daily um, and he's getting better and better. And uh, I really feel like, you know, he's going to be back sooner than we think. Um, sometime during the season, you know, he can be back. And so um, I really feel like um, his, where his mindset is right now, he, he's doing a great job of, of, of getting ready as fast as he possibly can um, without rushing it, you know. And then Hunter Helms, I'm telling you, this kid uh, from Columbia that's been here for a year now has really done a good job of really understanding this offense. Um, and, man, he's as – He's as smart as any of the guys in the room right now as far as just knowing it. And that's the biggest thing, like I said earlier, as a young guy. And that's the first step is just really understanding and knowing um, this offense inside and out. And that allows you to play faster. That allows you to perform at a, at a better, um, at a higher rate. And, and so he did a good job. He got in there a handful of times last year. And so he's got a little bit of experience. And, and then, like I said, we got – there's two young guys that are going to be here, too, and I feel really good about them, uh, at least where they are right now. I'm just anxious to get started with them, you know. Do you have, like, a time frame goal for Tyson, or does he have a goal that you're No, I mean, there's no time frame. I mean, this, this injury is, is obviously, you know, a lengthy injury. So um, I just know that he's doing very well. He's working his tail off. I'm, I'm really proud of, of Tyson, you know. As you guys know that, you know, he's been through a lot in the last year. I mean, he's had his house burned down, uh, grandparent pass away, uh, broke his hand, out for COVID protocol, and then getting COVID in the spring just when we needed him to really be around and missed a handful of practices in the spring. And then obviously this injury um, the last day of spring. And, and uh, But I'll tell you what, he's really learning some life lessons and he's really, um, he's really maturing. I mean, this kid is a great kid and just anxious to work and get better. And he's really been able to develop a toughness about him because he's had this adversity and he's learned to overcome some of these, these adverse things that's happened in his life. And so um, I'm really anxious for him to get back. I know he is too. Um, so just really proud of where he is right now. DJ got a lot of reps in the spring. So now with these new guys coming in, 
How do you kind of divvy that up once fall practice starts to make sure that not only does he get the work that he needs, Hunter, but these new guys get the work that they need? Yeah, absolutely. I think five's a good number, really, as far as going into camp. You know, that's what you normally would like to have, five guys in camp. Um, plenty of uh, enough arms so that they don't get worn down. Um, but like you said, DJ needs to get his reps, but at the same time need to monitor and make sure that he's not overthrowing. And we also need to get some other guys ready to go, obviously. So um, so it's going to be really important that, um, that I do a good job of, of making sure the right guys are in there and making sure that um, they're getting enough reps. Because we all know it's, it's all about developing by getting reps. You know, the more experience you get, the more examples you can teach off of and the more that they can learn from. And so um, I've always been able to do a good job of, of really rotating those guys and, and giving everybody an opportunity, you know, to, to shine out there. And, um, and so it's going to be important to do that. And, and at the same time, like you said, DJ's got to get his reps with the ones and still can, can you know, have that consistency with those guys and be on the same page. Very, very important. What was the plan for? I was gonna say, what was the plan for DJ this summer? And how did you guys challenge him? Where did you want to see him improve? And what kind of feedback have you gotten? Yeah. Um, well, first and foremost, you know, uh, DJ's going into his second year, so um, I always want to challenge him and, and all the other quarterbacks in improving in their leadership. You know, it's a new role for DJ now. He's not the backup. He's the guy. So. Um, it's very important that he takes a step forward in the leadership department. And one of the things that we do in the summer is we um, do our skills and drills, which are player-led practices. And, and it's a really, really cool experience for those guys, especially my quarterbacks, because they have an opportunity to grow as a leader because they have, they're in charge of it. And they're in charge of making sure that, you know, the, the uh, session is going smoothly and they're, and they're on pace and all those things. And so... His leadership is going to be critical as we move forward. He's a, he's such a nice guy. He's he, everybody loves this kid, um, and he just needs to be demanding. That's another thing. He needs to hold himself accountable first, which he's done a good job of, and then he needs to hold this team accountable. And that's hard to do when you're such a nice guy. You know, it's hard to, you don't want to step on toes. But um, so I've challenged him in that part of his leadership of, of holding guys accountable and really, you know, stepping up in that department. Um, obviously, there's so many, there's plenty of things physically that he can work on. Obviously, getting stronger, getting faster, making sure his weight isn't too much. You know, he's a big kid, you know, and he doesn't have a whole lot of body fat. It's just a big kid. And so, um, but he has to really do a good job with his nutrition and, and just making sure that his weight doesn't get too high because I want to be, I want to see him be explosive. And um, everybody's a different type of runner. He's, an, he's a really good athlete, smooth athlete that can, that can really hurt you, not just with his arm, but also with his feet. And so um, I really challenged him to keep his weight down and be able to be more explosive. Um, and so those are some things that he's definitely working on this summer. And I've, from what I've heard, he's doing a really good job. I think Gabby said in the spring that he's a gunslinger. And how do you guys, I guess, manage that, letting him air it out when he, when he wants to, but also staying within the system? Yeah, that's always a challenge as a coach um, is to – you know, see what you have at that position. What type of player is he? How smart is he? What kind of decision maker is he? And then, like you said, this kid has a, the strongest arm that I've ever coached. Um, and so, and, and, he, and he feels that. And he has confidence in that, which is very positive. Um, the challenge for him and, and, and what I've been able to express to him is making sure he plays within the system. 
you know, being disciplined within the system, and then the plays will naturally come, you know, from guys from Deshaun Watson to Trevor to Kelly to all those guys that have been starters here. They've all had different aspects about their game that made them shine. But the most important thing is that they play within the system. Once they play within the system, then they can do their own thing, you know, as far as making those plays when the when something breaks down or whatever the case is. So, um, so we're, we're still in that process as we go through spree, uh, preseason camp of just, you know, knowing exactly where he, what he feels most comfortable with, and uh, and then as he gets more comfortable with that, you know, we can kind of give him the reins a little bit more and more, just like we did Trevor. Pretty close, yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, we knew he had a, a heck of an arm. I mean, just, heck, he was a pitcher in, in part of his high school career, was throwing really, really high in the 90s, and, and just, um, just, you know, the first time he came to camp, watching him throw live, you know, it was, it was pretty clear that he does have a very strong arm. And it's a challenge to him sometimes to put some tempo on the ball where it's not, doesn't need to be too strong. He needs to really tempo his, his uh, release and, and, and not try to overdo it because he's got such a strong arm. You uh, kind of touched on a little bit personality-wise. He's, I think, a good bit different maybe than Trevor was. I don't know how much of it is the Southern California kid versus the Georgia kid. Yeah. How, how does that personality, and particularly from the quarterback position, impact you know, such a greater offensive uh, approach or culture? Well, first off, you got to be a likable guy, I, I think, to help with the leadership part of it. And, and, uh, and both Trevor and DJ have those qualities. You know, they're very likable. The whole team... Uh, you know, are, are really like DJ, and he could go into any position room and, and, and fit right in. Um, and so, what Trevor did a good job of his second and third year is holding some guys accountable when he needed to. Um, neither of them are super super vocal guys. They they lead by example, and and DJ has been able to lead by example. And so, what Trevor did, like I said, his second and third year, he became a little bit more vocal. And communicated with them in a little bit different way, and challenging these guys, and, and that's what DJ needs to do this these next couple of years um, in order for his leadership to affect this whole team. And uh, but everybody respects DJ; he puts in the work. There's no doubt about it. And that's the first and foremost. That's what you look for as far as leadership um, is, is by doing it by example. Has there been some moments from this offseason where you've sort of seen him kind of come into his own a little bit now that there's not sort of the shadow of Trevor? There yes, too? absolutely. I think um, and, and we're very limited with time around him, but just watching him interact with the rest of the guys, um, you can tell that um, he has freed up himself a little bit more as a leader and has been a little bit more vocal. And so I'm just going to continue to challenge him to – um, you know, influences teammates each and every day, and um, and these skills and drills that he's that he's running, which are these practices that are led by the quarterbacks and, and some of the seniors. Um, from what I understand, he's done a really good job of of uh, you know pushing the envelope there and, and really communicating very well with guys so that everybody's on the same page and holding guys accountable and those sort of things. I know the guys that have committed and the guys that signed previously from IMG Academy have been mostly defensive guys, but you, you was the guy that recently headed up recruiting here. How is the IMG Academy just different? I mean, is, is it completely different than a normal high school setting when you're down there or yeah. just the feeling of the kids that come out or is it, is it similar or what, what kind of stands out? Because you guys seem to have really established kind of a, or establishing kind of a pipeline. Yeah, um, I've never been there. So I've never had that area. And I've never had a quarterback that I recruited from there. Um, but um, obviously, um, 
you know, from what I understand and from talking to the other coaches or listening to them talk, you know, very um, unique place as far as training and getting guys, you know, ready to go with great competition and, and that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, I think it's a it's a place where, you know, there's there's sometimes there's reasons to, to go there and sometimes there's not, you know, and everybody's got a different situation at their high school. And um, but um, I've heard a lot of good things about the, the program, obviously. Brandon, um, did you personally ever find it tempting at all to just take a peek at the transfer portal and see what kind of quarterbacks might be in there? Um, I mean, just by the news. I mean, I'm just, just hearing the news, uh, but never really dove into it at all. Um, now, uh, you know, Danny Pierman is in charge of our scouting department, and so he has looked into it just because we have to be ready no matter what happens. But but we never really got in. I never really um, could, like, memorize the guys that are in there other than what I heard in the news. Um, so, once again, it's so important for us in our culture, you know, that we, that we want to we wanna reward the guys that are here and, and recruit the roster that we have here um, because that's what's going to help us win games, and, and they deserve it because of all the hard work. Everything we talk about is earning it, and so it's so important that we allow these guys to go earn it, whether it takes them one year or four or five years like Cornell Powell to, to push through and, and continue to persevere, you know, throughout the tough times when you might not be the guy, but continuing to work and learning to earn everything. And so that's what we talk about all the time, and, and, uh, and it's such a big part of our culture. And so, you know, we, we really didn't look into it um, in detail at all. What's, what's your comfort level with QB2 relative to what it's been in the other years since you've been back here as an assistant? With what now? With the backup quarterback situation. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's important position, you know. I mean, it, and it's the hardest position because, you know, as coaches we, we want these guys to um, prepare like they're the starter. We always talk about preparing like you're the starter, and that's hard if you're really not the starter. And it's also hard. You never know when you're going to have to be the starter. And it could be the last day. It could be, you know, in DJ's situation with Trevor last year, you know, it was a couple of days before the, um, the game. So it wasn't a um, – so, so that's something that the coaches talk about all the time is try to be um, – prepare like the starter. Um, so it's a hard position. But I do think that, like I mentioned earlier, that the situation that we're in today, I feel good about as far as – having numbers, you know, having guys that can go play or at least have guys that I can go get ready to play. Are they all ready to play right now? No, but that's what preseason camp is about. Whereas we did have Chase Bryce, who was a little bit more experienced um, in 2018, but not much if you really think about it. He was still young. That was only his second year, you know. So, um, so when you look back at you know, that's a comforting year to look back to because we did so well and we have very few guys. It's not something we want to be accustomed to and, and do every year, but I, I do feel good about um, these guys and where their heads are, especially mentally. Um, and then the leadership that I have in that room, I think, is going to help these guys um, perform at a high level. Coach, that being said, is there any more sense of urgency with Will and, and Billy coming in uh, just because it's an unusual situation with a true freshman being yeah. your third string guy? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's uh, their role is going to be critical as we move forward. Um, Will Taylor is a guy that has played this position his whole life. 
Um, and yet he brings other aspects of the position that really none of our other guys have. Um, I mean, Tyson has a lot of athleticism, obviously, but with him being out right now, I mean, Will Taylor has all kinds of athleticism. He's got a great arm, obviously baseball guy too, so has had to learn how to do two sports at a high level. And um, so his game, you know, he, he can go into a game, we feel, at least that's what we're anticipating, and, and him not be – you know, overwhelmed by a situation. He's kind of that gamer guy, you know, that goes in there and, and, and can make something happen. Um, and so I'm anxious to work him um, this preseason, obviously getting him plenty of reps. Same thing with Billy Wiles. I'm very impressed with Billy. Um, mentally, um, from what the guys are telling me, that he's doing a heck of a job of really, really grinding um, in the film room and understanding. And like I mentioned you know, that's going to be the first and foremost thing that they have to do is really learn this offense and and, uh, and and that way that they can go out there and play faster. And so Billy's a great-looking kid. I mean, he's a 6'3", 215-pound kid. Um, so he's a he, he's another guy that I'm really, really anxious to, to work with this preseason and, and very much could be a, a big part of what we're about this year. Is there someone you feel like is the number – to right now going into fall camp or is that something that's going to be a battle right now it's Hunter Helms yeah Hunter Helms has deserved that has earned that um, just because Tyson you know Tyson would be obviously but we just don't know his exact timeline but you know so Tyson but but Hunter Helms going into that first you know preseason camp he's going to be our number two guy um, but it's all competition yeah. you know everybody's got to re-earn their spot DJ has to re-earn his spot you know and uh, it's so important that they do that. And my guys have done a great job of always encouraging each other and not really holding anything against the next guy in the room. Justin will be back. What kind of dynamic does he bring to the wider series? How much does it change if he's available to play? Um, I'll first say that Justin's done a phenomenal job as a leader, you know, and what we do. As a staff, as we uh, heading into spring, um, we have our, our guys, um, you know, kind of vote on you know who's who's the most all-in offensive players, and we also kind of call out some guys that maybe aren't all-in. We throw their names up there and hold them accountable, you know, and that's that's an important part too. But Justin had the most all-in votes uh, for the wide receiver group, and Will Swinney's right right behind him, you know, but but Justin is seen as a leader, and that was heading into spring, and that's coming off of a year of not playing. You know, and, and not being in wide receiver meetings often, you know, he's doing rehab and trying to recover. And so um, coming off of that, he still was seen as a leader. And the, uh, the feedback I've gotten this, this summer uh, from the strength staff is that uh, even more so he's seen as a leader. He's taken leaps and bounds in that, in that area. He's kind of always been a quiet guy, you know, just always been a freak athlete and did his thing and made plays. But... He, uh, with, with a, a guy like Amari and Cornell um, gone, he's had to step into that role of, of the leader, of the, the, the lone senior, you know, and obviously Will Sweeney's involved in that too. Um, and we are counting on Will a lot to lead, and he has done, done so this summer. But uh, done a phenomenal job as a leader, um, worked his tail off in the weight room, really bought in more so in the weight room. Um, and so he's, he's ready to go. Um, I, I believe that he's, you know, when he, when he gets that, um, you know, that word that he is cleared, uh, he's going to be ready to go and be confident um, and able to help us. And, and I think talking about his play, you know, we're going to play him in the slot. 
but we're going to play him in the boundary. We're going to play him to the field. I mean, you name it. We're going to put him where where he needs to be to be successful, where he needs to be to help us as an offense because he can do so much. He's a you know, 6'4 guy but can run routes like he's a six-footer. You know, and that, that's what makes him so dynamic uh, and so exciting to have on the roster because he can do so many things. Um, and so excited to have him back this year. Tyler, beyond the layoff that you mentioned, how hard is the uncertainty there on him as he's just sort of waited on on finals or clarity, I guess. Yeah, it, it hasn't been been hard. I mean, I think for us is, and for him is, you know, just operate like normal, you know, and um, prepare as if you're going to, man, Georgia comes, you're, you're on the field, you know, and, and not and try to really focus on not having those negative thoughts, um, but be positive and have fun and work out with the guys, train with the guys. I mean, summer is one of the most fun times of, of an athlete's career because you're, you're working hard, you're training for the season, but you're also with your brothers, you're, you're grinding, you're taking a class or two, but then you're on the lake hanging out together. And I think he's in a really good state of mind. He really is. Um, he's confident. You know, we're, we're hopeful. We're believing that, um, you know, everything will come back positive, and we're expecting that, that to be the case. Can you compare his state of mind now to what it was a year ago at this time? Yeah, we, we, uh, we met um, soon after uh, he got the word, and uh, he said, Coach, I, I lost my baby. You know, I lost my – you know, that's football, and that's what he's been great at for so long. That, that's my baby, you know. And, uh, and that was a really tough conversation to have with him. Um, but again, you know, our job was to, to stay positive with him, to you can give, and they're different situations, but you talk about Mike Williams, right? I mean, you have a great example of a guy that we expect, expected him to be a first-rounder who gets injured, misses that season, but then comes back and has another phenomenal year and, and is a first-rounder, you know, the, the following year. And so there's, there's that hope. There's that example that we can show him, hey, listen, this is, this is a guy that went through a really difficult uh, injury and came back and, and performed really well, and and uh, you know accomplished his dreams. So I think uh, it, it was it was a tough a tough time for him initially, for sure. Um, but for him, you can just look at him and physically he looks great. You know, watching him run routes in spring, you're just salivating. You're like, my goodness, I wish this guy. I mean, you know, could be out here right now. And and he was frustrated because he wants to compete. You know, and so. Uh, he can run routes on air, but he couldn't compete in, in team segments in the spring. But just watching him out there again, you're like, my goodness, that is a a, a special, special talent. Even though he's been out of, out of place so long, out of, out of contact, what is it like watching him transition into that leader? You say he wasn't very vocal before, and I feel like that's something he probably had to transition into learning because he hasn't been in contact for so long. Was there a certain moment where you really saw a, a switch flip for him? Yeah, I mean, you know, with spring practice and, and uh, you know, you have your new your new roster there, um, minus the summer enrollees, you know, he, he, he kind of naturally slid into that role um, of, of being that guy, and, and he knew that was going to be his, his role, and so he, uh, it, it was pretty natural for him. I think fall camp is, is a time where we'll really kind of see it shine, you know, because it's every day the grind of, of preparing your team to – to win games, um, but also to kind of create that cohesion, you know. And that's one thing that I want as a wide receiver group is is I want to I want those guys to to improve and and uh, um, but to have fun doing it, right? And to enjoy time together with your brothers and um, that, that's a that's a big um, priority for me is for the guys to celebrate one another's successes, to enjoy their time together because 
there's something different about college football. You move on to the NFL, it's, it's, it's such a business. And so wanting those guys to, uh, to really enjoy their time together. And, and Justin, I think for him, having missed that last year, I think he really enjoyed being back with the brothers, back with the brotherhood of wide receiver U. And, um, and so it was, it was a good time for him. But, yeah, he, it was natural for him, and I expect it to continue to, uh, to flourish this fall. Do you think he'll face any mental hurdles when it comes to just preparing for contact for the first time? You know, that's something that I, I've already talked to him about and kind of prepped him for is that, hey, man, like, you know, you, you cannot have those negative thoughts going into it because if you're fearful, you're not going to play to your standard. You know, you want to put your best self on tape. Um, and so if, if you are fearful about further injuring, your, injuring yourself or – um, it's just you're not going to perform. And, and I had the same thing with Mike Williams, you know, and, and uh, I remember heading into his first game back was against Auburn and, uh, that year, and, and, uh, but he played well, you know, and I think that's the thing. Is like once you take the first hit, um, you just move on. You play football, and, you know, from that point on, it's what's my, what's my alignment assignment, just execute, you know, and that's, that's what we're going to train him to do this fall camp, right? It'll take some hits in fall camp. That's that's part of it, you know. And so I think that'll be that'll be good for him to kind of get that out of him, um, heading into our first game. What type, what type of lift has he given just the other receivers in terms of what they've been doing this offseason, their work ethic to raise their games as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not around right. much in the summer. Um, you know, I just I know those guys, um, whether they're they're working here or going home. You know, they travel together. I know he and EJ, right? They're from the same hometown, and a Joe. You know, so they, they train together on the side. They'll they'll go and run run the hills, run the dikes together. You know, and putting in that work together. Um, with Amari, will come back in town. You know, former players come back in town, and you know we have a rich tradition at wide receiver here. And so those guys, that brotherhood is strong. And so to me, I think when you when you you know this time of year in the summer. When you have no coaches around, you have the strength staff, but then they're out of the way when the footballs come out. You know that's that's when the the group is really formed, right? The the, the cohesion is really formed, um, and so you know I hate that I can't see it because I'm excited to get out there first day on the grass to really see okay what kind of improvements have these guys made. Um, but uh, that'll be soon. So looking forward to seeing those guys and, and what they've uh, what they've accomplished in the offseason. You just mentioned moving into the boundary or the field, playing the nine, playing the seven, playing the slot. As an offensive coach, does it kind of make you, as you mentioned a minute ago, salivate to think, you know, he can be in the slot one play, then we move him at nine with Shipley into the slot for a play. Mm-hmm. He can be on the field with, with Frank at the same time or God at the same time. That's right. Yeah, and I think the reason you want to put him in the best situation to, to help your team win, but we also have so many wide receivers that, that can play the game and, and do it at a high level. And those guys have earned the right to play. And so, you know, if you take you take Ross and you and you move him to the boundary, well then now, you know, who's gonna move up in the boundary? You got you got Speck, you know, Stilato just got here, uh, you have EJ. Um, you know, honestly, Bo Collins can can run routes from the slot. I can tell you that. You know, and so those guys can move. So you move one receiver, that means other people are gonna move around as well. And which is which is exciting. And I think for, for me as a coach, I want to equip these guys with tools to be successful here, but also at the next level. Because if, if you just know at wide receiver, if you just know one position, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting your team. And so you have to, to see the big picture conceptually and to say, okay, you hear the play call, well, then you can see, you can draw every position. 
and you can understand the quarterback's reads. Well, if you know that, then you can play anywhere. And what's cool about, and I'll mention this, and you know, Dakari and Bo, they came here in the spring, and they played, they played two positions. And normally, as a freshman, you put them in, and you say, hey, learn this position, and then it all kind of makes sense for you, right? That's what we always do. But as they started to perform, we said, man, those guys are versatile. Let's go ahead and switch them. So Bo and Dakari, they switched sides, playing the nine and the two, okay? And then Bo's kind of moved into the slot some of the summer, too, to learn it. But um, they've been able to play two positions already, you know. And so to do that, it takes understanding the concept, right? And so and that's the NFL. If you can understand the concept, you can get on the field and play, right? And so that's, that's what I want the guys to understand now, to help us, to help them now, but also to be thinking about their futures in the NFL. So, but you're right. I mean, you, you got so many guys that can play multiple, multiple positions to help you win. Um, and to get them on the field and get their catches that they want and, uh, and have fun you know, helping the team win. Tyler, I think Amari said uh, Joe was at 230 pounds. Just what have you heard about he, his He was. Okay. And he can carry 230 yeah. fine. Uh, he's at 215, maybe 215 now, I believe. Okay. Uh, it could be even closer to 210. I saw him the other day, and he looked, uh, I guess, more chiseled, you know, I won't say thinner. I don't think any athlete wants to be said they're thin, you know. But he, he looked really good, you know. And so for him, he can carry 230 fine, but he could, uh, I think at 210, 215, he can be able to have that stamina that you want at wide receiver. You know, we want to be the, the, uh, the most in-shape group on the field, you know. And you can run a go route and come right back and run another, another one. And so for him, that's going to be important is just to have the conditioning to, to stay on the field and not come off, you know, and uh, he looked great. I'm excited to see um, how he does this fall camp. What did he show you here? Go ahead, sorry. So any early returns on Stilato? I know he just got here. I mean, I, from what I've heard in the weight room, it's just, you know, a freak athlete, you know, can it's going to remind remind you of, of, of Brandon Spector a little bit, you know. They're, they're built somewhat similar um, in stature. Um, he loves the weight room. You know, he's a, a weight room junkie. Um, very explosive, athletic, um, grinder. So, I mean, those are the kind of things you want in a, in a receiver. So, um, he, he's he's confident too. He's just talking to him. He's excited. He feels like he can he can help us. You know, so he'll get that chance. I mean, everybody get out there and, and show us what you got and, and and have fun and have fun doing it. But uh, excited to add to add him to the group. Back to Joe. What did you see from him in the spring, and then what's he need to do to kind of take that next step? Knowing he was a young guy. Yeah, I mean. He, Really is just a 180. I mean, he he uh, he he surprised himself. I think even a little bit. I mean, uh, I've always told him, hey man, you are a phenomenal, phenomenal athlete. You know, you have just God-given ability, talent that just oozes from you. Okay, so so let's let's take all this, all that talent, and let's really focus on the details. You've always been just the best that can jump and, and jump over somebody and catch it and, and run fast, but. At this level, that you, you can't get away with just being a great athlete. You have to be a technician. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as ITTE members. Matt Gross is a proud Clemson alum and the vice president for the Clemson market for Founders Federal Credit Union. Matt's office is located beside the Walmart neighborhood market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. When you're 
you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experienced team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to discoverharris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. If you're in the Eastern Midlands and PD area and you're in any way interested in buying and selling a home, commercial property, land, need to consider reaching out to Uptown Realty. They're based out of Sumter and run by a friend of mine, Patrick Enzer, big Clemson guy, used to cover the Tigers in a newspaper capacity, longtime supporter of Tiger Illustrated, longtime listener to the Dubcast. The home buying process should be an enjoyable experience, so let Patrick and his staff do all the heavy lifting. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call 803-774-0435 or go to UptownRealtySC.com. Okay, now we shift to the always entertaining Robbie Caldwell, offensive line coach, followed by safeties coach Mickey Kahn. And then rounding it out will be defensive tackles coach Todd Bates. Here we go. Enjoy. Got down, now he's back up and running great. So he's made great strides. Brian Tucker, you know, he's gotten a lot stronger, uh, doing well there. Uh, we talked about Paul. Uh, Paul was just Boy, in the weight room, he has just shown out. He's been fantastic. So, uh, who else? Walker. Walker's, uh, I think, 305 now. Uh, put on weight. He, his mama sent me a picture of when he was younger and now with his big brother, and it's uh, pretty cool. So, uh, uh, who else? Anybody I miss in there? There's, Oh, Mitchell. Mitchell, man, he's made great strides since uh, that spring. He did both. Uh, Right now, he's probably a little more towards the right side, but he did both. And uh, he's a little bit more at home right now on the right. Jordan and and Walker, two guys that get a lot of press, especially Walker at the end of last year. But Jordan, with the potential he's got coming this year, then the role he's stepping into. He's got a chance to really make a big, big name for himself. And really, Walker, talk about his yeah. transformation. We just talked about it. Right. Camp, first year you came here, was 240 pounds. Right. I, I That's right. 240 That's right. pounds. I looked at him and said, you're an offensive lineman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's made great strides. Uh, uh, while you're on Walker, we talk about him. And, you know, and the time he started coming to camp here, as you said, you saw, and to see the work he's put in, and it's always a smile on his face, excited about it. I mean, if, if he doesn't love it, he's got me fooled because he just acts like he loves it. And, you know, his, his first thing I see is his truck in the parking lot every morning, and I get here pretty early. And he really does now. He's, he's a hardtail, you know, and his dad was a good player, and, uh, you know, he got some good coaching from him, and, uh, you know, the outlook of the game, and uh, Mama loves it, so it's a good family. That's one thing I love about all mine. All their parents are involved in, in, their, in the good way, you know. Uh, so uh, that's been fun. And Jordan, Jordan just quietly goes about his business. He had a heck of a year last year. I mean, he did a great job. And now, I mean, technically just going to be a junior uh, I 
I'd be shocked if he's not the best in the league, you know, if she stays healthy. So people look at him, and he don't get to his due because he's not 6'5", he's not 6'6". But, uh, no, and, and, you know, that's just – you look for those diamonds in the rough. You look for those guys who play with a chip on their shoulder. And that's why Walker and Jordan, uh, they're difference makers. And uh, Matt Bockhorst. You know, they play with a chip on the show. Will Putnam, and Will Putnam is one that, you know, he and Matt had surgery as soon as the season was over. They look like different people. They're running better. Matt, uh, Matt's probably close to 320. Uh, having fun, healthy, stronger in the weight room than he's ever been since his knee injury. And, and Will, you know, had his ankle reconstructed from an injury in high school. and. You know, in that grappling, they twist it all up. And, uh, he's, you know, playing pain-free and makes a difference, i tell you. So, what did Matt have, just a scope cleaned up? Yeah, he had his knees cleaned up again, and, uh, you know, uh, he hurt that thing at the open years ago. And it ain't, i tell you what, it's tough. So, But he's, he, I'm watching him do squats and, and power clean and wow. it's amazing He's, he says it feels the best it's, it's ever felt so how um, is it important to have a guy like him to kind of help you break these young guys in oh I'm telling you coach, it, it, he, he is fantastic he he uh, that's one thing he and Jackson Carmen did last year that helped during the COVID you know is uh, helping coach of course we could do virtual and stuff like that but it's not the same as in person you know I don't know I don't know who's listening, who ain't on that thing. You know, I can I can check them in, and make sure they're there, but uh, who knows? So, but you know, when it's in person, it's a little bit different. And uh, Matt's been good. Jordan's been a good leader. I've been I've been impressed with him because normally he doesn't say anything. And uh, but he's been, he, you know, he leads by example too. So they both do. So. What's Matt's best attribute? The toughness that he brings, he is a mean. Now he will, he will get. He gonna mash you in the dirt, and uh, and that kind of rubs off, you know. After a while, he's uh, he's probably the best finisher. Uh, been around in a while. He's right on the edge. Sometimes I have to jerk a knot in him, you know. He want to, <laughs> he want to get it pretty good, but you just. Uh, deep down, you you loving every minute of it. So, when it when it comes to offensive line, it's probably never as bad as the fans think. You know, maybe it's not ever, as good as a coach, whatever. Bockhorst seemed to take a lot of ownership on it though in the spring. Said he was angry at the way well, that they played. Have you seen that? And, and when you went back and looked at the season in retrospect, what were your thoughts? How did the unit perform? Well, they did much better than people realized. Uh, you know, obviously it's my group and it's a biased opinion, but all I can all I can tell you is I know what they sacrificed, I know what they did, uh, you know, for us, but it's 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 a position where nobody sees the good that you do, they only see the bad. Uh, you know, I mean for quarterback throws an incomplete pass, ain't no big deal. But if we turn one loose, holy moly, you know, all Hades breaks loose. But uh, it's, it's just a different life. We understand it. 
you know? You've got DJ coming up this year, and it's, quarterbacks calling the protections out is a big deal. I mean, they, they've called the protections out when they walk up to the line a lot of times. Well, that, that we, we do a lot of that. If your line doesn't. Yeah, we do a lot of that. So, And they help. But uh, they have to be pretty smart up front. So, uh, when you look back through it and you see all that they did and all the adjustments they make, it's kind of like my daughter told one in the stands one day. One man would just cuss. Me. And my wife don't care if you cuss me. That's all right. But you don't talk about her babies up there. Now, she loves them boys, too. But my daughter jumped straddle one right there in Death Valley and let him know right quick that it's five-man protection and they bring in seven. That you're probably not smart enough to understand that, but she would be glad to explain it. To so, but, you know, that's the way we go about it. But I say that's the world we live in. We love it, you know. So, you know, what other position does what we do? Huh? Defense can give up 40 points, but we win. What difference? What about the involvement of the offensive line position and your coaching? What about the changes of zone blocking schemes now, this RPO stuff? You know, you've got different calls going off. you got to make sure you're not downfield. You know, yeah, it's harder. It's harder. You know, you, you, how aggressive can you be and technically follow the rules? We try to we try to stay with it. You know, we try to not, not have uh, – senseless penalty, so to speak. So that's what we try to avoid. It's, it's, it's hard to hold the brakes, you know, and then stop. Be feels going to stop. But, hey, it's great, too, because all of a sudden you throw one down there, you know, score a touchdown. And that's Thomas has also been as an addition to staff. Great. You know, he's been here before, so, you know, it's been good. Uh, great to have him around, so I'm excited. Does Tom away do anything? bring back something with him that you didn't have before and add to the room? Yeah, you know, uh, it's like uh, you tell all these young people, at some point you need to run your own room, you know, and then that's how you truly learn. And so that was the great part about it. And then, you know, he worked under a guy who coached the offensive line too before. So, uh, you know, he's going to bring some attributes that will help. And, uh, you know, he's a former Clemson player, so – uh, we we're very proud to have him here. Robbie, forgive me if you've been asked this already, but how good can Walker be? I, I think he can be a great player. Uh, you know, he has the desire. Uh, he has size now. You know, he's up to 300 pounds, maybe a little more. Uh, Strength-wise, he's really developing. Athleticism, he has it. You know, staying healthy and, and – uh, doing those type things, I think he can be as good as he's ever been. you think you'll have a pretty good idea early on in the season, particularly facing Georgia week one, just how uh, better your offensive line can be this year? I think so. I think, uh, you know, uh, fall camp's going to be big, trying to get the people in the right place to find out who the best five are, uh, what we need to do to move around. Uh, we always cross-train and put guys at different positions, so... Uh, I think that's going to be the fun part of it. You know, if we can stay healthy and away from COVID and that sort of thing. You know, last year we had a lot of people missing with uh, either contact tracing or COVID itself. And, uh, you know, that, that always sets you back a little bit. So.
kind of following up on that and what David asked earlier, did you think the criticism that was directed at your unit last year was fair, or did you think some of it was fair, some of it was undeserved? I don't pay it any attention. Uh, uh, why would you take advice from those people? They don't have a clue. Yeah, like I just gave the example of my daughter telling the guy in the stand, they don't know five-man protection and they bring seven. Well, who's responsible for those other two? All right. They don't ever say that, but that don't worry me. That's the world. You know, that's the offensive line world. That's why they're such special people. All right. There's none better. Where, where do you attribute some of the run game struggles from last year? I mean, I think, again, I don't know how much. I'm not smart enough to say that any of well, them have to do with the O line. I'm just curious where your thoughts were. Well, uh, the two two worst games we had. You know what was there, who was there. What would you do? Would you put eight in there and not let E.T. beat you, or would you let a freshman quarterback see if he can do it? Well, what did he do? He threw for 500 yards by both games. So, I mean, we pass block two, don't we? So, I mean, yes, we'd like to be bigger. Yes, we'd like to be more physical. Yes, we'd like to run the ball better, and, and we will. But, you know, it's like the last game versus Notre Dame. Did you, did you see defenses approaching you and how they would, you know, how many guys they'd stick in the box against the run and stuff oh, like yeah. that different last oh, year yeah. than maybe the years before? Yeah, we knew, we knew it was going to happen, particularly, you know, when you get a, a freshman in there. They, they're going to challenge and see if he could handle it and handle it really well. So, you know, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to – play a couple of those games over with and see us be more physical and knock them off. I'm not hiding from it. Yes, I'm disappointed, you know, in that fact. And my guys are too, but there's a lot of factors involved and, you know, offensive line being one of them. Is there a little bit of the, um, you know, you didn't have Justin Ross last year, the, the other you know, Frank and, and uh, Joe were kind of coming along health-wise at different, different points with the receivers that there just wasn't maybe necessarily that big play guy to take the top off the defense a little bit too. And, and so even when Trevor was in there, maybe the defenses would approach you guys a little bit differently. Well, I, I don't I don't get into that world. I know what I got to <laughs> handle up there is just, you know, everybody's got their own. But, you know, I got to take care of those five right there. And uh, if we don't get four yards a clip, I'm disappointed, you know. Well, I was raised up in this thing three times four is 12. That's the first down. So that's the kind of way I look at it. Not, not hiding from it. That's just the way I look at it. So I love running the football, but I love them easy passes too. Uh, that's, uh, but what I tell my guys is, you know, they play on all that stuff. They listen to all that. I said, boys, don't we pass block too? Didn't we throw for 500 yards? That's pretty dang good. So, you know, you can't please them all. I'm just happy somebody's listening to me. Yeah, well, that's good, though. I am. I tell you what, I appreciate it. And, and we, we hope to be much better in, uh, all the way around. But, yes, uh, we would like to have run the ball better in such, several of those games. Uh, some of them we ran it really well. Uh, some of it, you know, we could have probably uh, gotten more yards in the run game, but uh, we didn't need to. And 
control it. And you know, when you when you have a uh, run pass option, you know we're blocking run, but they throw the ball, but we don't get those yards. So yeah, it's just. But like I say, that's, that falls on me. That's my responsibility. So, we don't do good in the run game. You just need to blame me. So, that's, that's my fault. The way I look at it, yes, sir. Any other questions for Coach? we got about two more minutes. One more. Go back to when you first got here. The talent pool you had then to what you got now. Describe the difference between that and that. Like a Spencer region, not to say nothing, a guy like that to what you got now. Well, it, you know, there's some comparisons all the way around. Uh, Defenses have changed, you know, different philosophies, different, you know, sometimes, you know, you think, well, you just need guys as big as this table and all, but then not catching all that movement's difficult, uh, kind of like the last national championship, you know. Uh, a lot of movement was difficult for them. And so you just never know. Obviously, you'd like to have the bulk and the mobility and that's what we're working towards we're trying to grow these guys and our strength uh, people man our strength staff just does an awesome awesome job but, but they gotta have some time too and you got to bring the frames in here for them to, to work with but comparison one group to another is difficult uh, you know I, I thought they were pretty good when we got here and uh, they ain't going to be pretty good now. So uh, that's, that's a tough question to answer. I never really sat down. Are, are, are we bigger at spots? Yes. Uh, can we run better at spots? Yes. Um, but like I say, the differences in the defenses we face are drastically better. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Mickey, when you look at the quarterbacks across the league this year, some of the guys that are transferring, some of the guys that are returning, how high is the level of quarterback play in the ACC right now? I think the quarterback play in the ACC has been high for a long time. I think there's a lot of great competition, a lot of great offenses, and there's been a lot of great quarterbacks. You look at the track record, uh, you know, of what's playing and starting in the NFL, you're going to find a lot of quarterbacks from the ACC. How much has your position coaching changed just in the last couple of years with the way offenses have evolved? Well, I mean, since I've been, you know, my, my position personally has changed a lot because in 16 I was an analyst and then, you know, and then move up to safeties. But as far as coaching the safeties, you know, we're playing with a lot more safeties on the back end. Um, you know, we, we're having to prepare more. Um, you know, for the passing game. So we've, you know, you've seen us evolve into three safeties back there at one time. And in the last couple of national championship games, we've had five safeties on the field at one time. So, you know, we've had to, as far as my coaching goes, it stays the same, but, but I do have to move guys down into the box some. And, you know, they have to, at safety, you got to be able to play both man coverage and zone. You got to be able to tackle. You, gotta, you just got to be able to do a lot of things. You got to blitz. Defenses, our defense has become more and more evolving. So, you know. How rewarding is it to see a guy like Bull comes in and doesn't have necessarily the acclaim or the accolades that a lot of their, your typical Clemson players yeah. here? I love it because I think there's a lot of players out there like Nolan uh, that are just looking for an opportunity 
you know, to prove themselves. And Nolan's an incredible athlete. And if you go back and you look at his high school film, he, he was an unbelievable high school player that just got overlooked for whatever reason. So to see a guy like that come in, take advantage of his opportunity, make an All-American team, uh, do the things he's been able to do, it's, it's amazing. I mean, because, you know, when he gets here, we're like, okay, he's going to red shirt and he's going to do this. And then now all of a sudden you're, you know, you lose him for the first half of the, of the playoff game. You're like, oh, no, you know, we're in trouble. You know, that hurts us. Mickey, um, your last three commits, I know you can't speak to anybody specifically, are, are all from IMG, and that makes seven, I think, over the last five or six years. What is it about that place that's different? Do you guys seem to be really establishing a pipeline, and is it, I, I know it's kind of more sports-related, I guess, a little bit there. Can you kind of talk to me the differences between IMG and just a regular big-time high school football program? Well, I think that, I think that, you know, they've got a lot of good players at IMG, obviously, but, I mean, they came from a high school, kids coming from different high schools and that sort of thing. So I don't think it's necessarily the place as much as it is the people, you know, and the players and the competition because there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of great a lot of great high schools out there uh, that are, you know, that we're offering and signing kids from as well. That makes seven uh, defensive guys if these guys do end up signing on. All, all players that are from there that have played at Clemson have been on the defensive side of the ball. Is that just coincidence, or do they, are they known more for defense? No, I think, it's just co- I think it's just coincidence. Is there anyone who really stuck out during spring ball, maybe a newcomer that didn't seem to feel much last year, but that really stuck out to you during spring ball? Uh, Andrew McCuba had a really good spring. I was really impressed with him. He came in as a mid-year. And uh, he's actually climbing his way up the depth chart until he broke his arm. Uh, but, um, you know, he, he definitely jumped off the page. Will you be ready for fall? He will be. Mm-hmm. How about Thornton? Yeah, uh, Ray had a good spring, and, you know, he just keeps getting better and better and better. He's a guy that came in, needed the red shirt, and uh, he was an incredible athlete. And, you know, he's really learning the position more and more, so excited about Ray. I saw yesterday uh, uh, Nolan got you know, nominated for uh, with the award yesterday. He's one of the guys in the, in the list of that, that, that award. Talk about his development from start to finish, the project he was when he got here. Unrecruited, two-star guy, you know, under Dabo's wing, you get a hold of him, and all of a sudden you guys got a guy that's probably going to find his way into the league. I think Nolan, you know, Nolan's got a great – He's got a great story, obviously, uh, with his dad, but his dad was an unbelievable athlete. And Nolan's a guy in high school that, you know, he's got good high school film for whatever reason, was an overlooked uh, player. And we were fortunate, you know, to where we had some guys that left to go to the NFL, and we were able to, to bring Nolan in. And Nolan was good when he got here. He was a really good player, and but has worked and learned the defense and his footwork. He is just so instinctive as a player, and his footwork is is uncomparable really to any other defensive back that we've got back there. His footwork is incredible, just the way he keeps his feet underneath him and, um, you know, the way he can not only play the run, but he can play the pass. He's especially good in zone. We saw that against, you know, Ohio State a couple of years ago uh, when he intercepted that, that pass to seal the deal. You know, he's just got great vision, uh, great instincts, covers a lot of ground. He's faster than you think. He's quicker than most people think. Uh, but, man, he's just really bought in. And you're going to see him. He's in the film room studying and 
you know, once he now that he really understands the defense, it, that's why you see him doing so many good things. I just. No question. And if, you know, take, take Tanner Hughes two years ago. Tanner, I mean, you talked about it. Tanner was an outside linebacker playing safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a safety playing safety. That's right. And uh, you can see that because what you talked about just now is position. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing about that guy. He's got to be in the right spot. Right. He's got to know where to set his feet down. And he, he's, he, uh, that determines where they're going to call that next play. That's right. I mean, it's all him. Uh, talk about how it is to teach those guys that discipline it takes to, to, to go, okay, i got to stay put. Like at the landing. Landing's got to learn to do the same thing that Nolan's doing. Learn how to not get fooled and turn his hips. As far as teaching them goes, you know, we've got a lot of guys back there, and when you don't do it right, you come out of the game, and kids learn real quick, you know, I better I better get this thing right or I won't be in the game. And, you know, or in Nolan's case, a young guy, you know, he took advantage of every opportunity and every chance he got. So when he would get in the game, you're like, man, this guy, unbelievable. Even his freshman year, you watch him. Uh, against Louisville, uh, make a make a huge tackle on their quarterback, who's you know now making all kinds of plays in the NFL. But uh, no one comes in and tackles him in the open field to keep him out of the end zone. You're like, wow, okay, there's something to this kid. And um, you know, as far as teaching him, he's learned. He's had to learn because he he didn't get every opportunity early on. So he had to learn both safety positions and the nickel position. And you know, being able to do that learn multiple safety positions has really helped him. You know, to the to the regular fans eye, you know, you think that the safety position's the same, but they're they're both very different and both have very different responsibilities within our defense. You know, all three of them. You talk about the nickel, you talk about the free safety, you talk about the strong safety, and now you talk about the dime. Um, man, it's a lot to learn. And Nolan has just uh, he's embraced that and learned it. And with his footwork and his instincts and his mind, he's going to have a big year. I'm really excited for him. Last year, Coach Sweeney said that Nolan has a chance when he leaves to be the best safety that he's had while he's here. What do you what do you say to that? Oh, I agree. He, he, he can definitely be the best safety since I've been here, uh, and he can do he can do a lot of things. Now that's that's not to take anything away from the ones that I've had because they've done pretty good too. I mean, you've got. Um, uh, you know, Kayvon Wallace sitting there uh, playing with the Eagles. You got Isaiah Simmons. Uh, he, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't coach Curse, but, but uh, you know, Tanner Muse. I mean, you got some you got some good ones that have moved on. But Nolan, you know, he's been here longer than all those guys, too. And he's been – and he's taken full advantage of this opportunity. Uh, you talked about the nickel and the dime. How does that come between you guys at the safeties and the cornerback rooms and coaching that position? Because it has to, you guys have to overlap. Mm-hmm. You know, you got, yeah, you, so got, you got guys that are cornerbacks playing at, you got guys that are playing safety and playing at nickel roll. So we, we meet, a lot of times we just meet together. So our back seven, we meet together. There's just so, there's just so many parts to the defense that we do as a back seven that we have to meet together. So Coach Venables, myself, Coach Reed, we're in that room together just going over things. And then when we get out on the field, if there's specific drills that I need to do with the nickels and the safeties, then I'll take the nickels and the safeties and work those. And then, you know, vice versa, if somebody's got to go out and play some linebacker or corner, you know, because the safety position kind of has to do a little bit of all of it. And we have to give them the drill work uh, to be prepared to do that, you know. So we get together before practice, obviously, and and plan that out so they can get the individual work that they need to hone in on that skill.
Coach, what is it about BT that his personality that makes him uh, good for his job? BT uh, Potter, yeah. I think uh, he's, he's just very confident. You know, he's very confident. He doesn't parade around and 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 try to gain attention for himself. He just he's very confident. He's a quiet kid, but uh, just just very confident in what he does. He never lost that. I mean, he's had some setbacks, but he never lost that. I don't think so. You know, I'm I'm sure internally he probably he probably battled it, but I mean he wasn't in here whining about it or anything like that. He just he just goes to work and. Uh, you know, to, to improve and get better, and that's what he's been able to do. Seems like he's so reliable now that he's almost an unsung part of, uh, of the machine, right? He's not really noticed, which is a good thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you're making field goals and kicking the ball out of the end zone, that's people don't talk about you as much. Right. <laughs> How about the returners? Who's stepping up and looks good as? Uh, you know, that's going to be that's that's up in the air right now. We've got some, uh, you know, we from. You know, Mikey Dukes is a guy that, that we'll look at back there as long as uh, Lynn J. Dixon. Um, but, um, you know, Will Shipley's a guy that came in, and he's learning how to catch punts and, and return kicks as well. Uh, Joseph Ngata back there. Um, you know, it, it's really up in there. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you a starter. This, this, this summer camp is going to be big uh, to find that return guy. But we've got a lot of guys to choose from. You know, we just got to find the right ones. Mitchell, talk about Landon and, and, and what, what he went through last year with the injury and the end of the year trying to fight through that. And, and, and obviously some growing pains that he went across his last couple of games. Where's Landon standing right now as far as taking order and, and what you see as far as his development right now? Yeah, Landon will be back. I, you know, feel bad for him because he had that shoulder, uh, the torn labrum, and, you know, we decided to wait on the surgery to the end of the year. and. It definitely affected the way he played. He wasn't he wasn't as aggressive and as physical as he normally is. Just trying to protect his shoulder. Although he gave us everything, everything he had for sure. But you could just tell it was in his mind. And uh, but uh, he's he's got it. We got it fixed. They went in, did the surgery. He missed spring getting that thing healed up. And he's back 100% now. I've been talking with him a lot about it. And he's you know he says he feels great and he's ready to go. So I'm. I'm expecting big things for him. What's the next step for Charleston? He just needs to, you know, Charleston is a, he's a wild one out there. You know, he just, he, he wants to hit, 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 but he's got to improve on his footwork. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, the biggest improvement I saw from the fall and then going into spring is his knowledge of the defense. I feel like he's, he's a lot further ahead knowing uh, knowing the defense itself and what to do, where to be, where to position himself. Uh, he's very inquisitive. You know, he asks a lot of good questions and things of that nature. But I think his footwork's really got to improve. His, he uh, <clears throat> he gets, his, gets his feet out in front of him a little bit when he tackles, and he gets a wide base where he needs to be narrow that base. So we're, we're, we've really worked hard uh, this spring and this summer to improve on that. But his man-to-man skills have gotten better and better and better. So... I'm excited about Jaylen, it. Um, Ray and, 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 uh, and um, Joseph. Joseph, all, all three of those guys are at that point now. It's, it's time for them, I think, in your eyes probably to make that step. Oh, yeah. And those are the three guys that we've had here for a couple of years. Yeah. They've kind of rotated in and out around the other guys. Which one of those three guys you see kind of like stepping forward? You know, it's going to be up to them. You know, they all, they all played this uh, spring. 
they all did a good job. You know, I saw days where JP would jump up there and take the lead. I saw days where Joseph would take the lead. You know, um, it's wide open, and then you throw Tyler Venables in the mix too because he's going to be playing a little bit more safety uh, into that boundary uh, as well. So um, a lot of competition, a lot of things. That, that those, first, those first couple of weeks, three weeks in camp is going to be big. Uh, for those guys in particular. Trust safety is where trust is the premium. Jalen's flashed, but kind of comes in and out. I'm just going to speak to what his next step is. Mm-hmm. Uh, JP, I thought, had a really good spring. I, uh, <clears throat> like you said, he kind of flashed it. You know, but he was playing a couple of different – he was trying to learn, and still is, trying to learn three different spots back there. He's really four because he came in, we taught him how to play nickel, then he, he was playing nickel and strong. Then he was playing free and dime. And I think just, I think this, uh, this spring settling in at free safety really helped him. He was able to, he knew what to do. He knew where to be. And I just wanted to slow everything down for him because we just threw so much at him. And learning all those positions is going to help him in the long run. But for now, trying to fight for position, he needs one, he needs one thing to worry about. Guy not in your room, but they put the place in that nickel spot. Malcolm, what do you say about him? I know he's not in your room, but that's a, that's a guy oh, well, that really kind of knows for the football last year yeah. and was aggressive. Well, we're all in the same room when it gets down to it. We're all doing the same things for these guys, but but Malcolm, you know, and he's a guy that could play some safety too, as well as corner, as well as the nickel. But uh, the thing you love about him is he's he's a uh, he's a film rat or gym rat, whatever you want to call it. But he's always up here wanting to get better and you know that's the thing I love about him you know you know whether it's volunteering at the ladies clinic or whether it's you know um, being able to take tough coaching uh, on the field that guy has got he's got the right mindset he's he also come to solid shoulder surgery he did he did and he's and he's feeling good right now too he's back to uh, what is it about him though the, the, the toughness that he had last year it seemed like he was one of those guys that he He's got a strong belief in himself, and he loves his teammates. He's unselfish, uh, a lot like Kayvon Wallace. Of course, they came from the same high school, but uh, just a very unselfish player, but very motivated and driven to be the best. And I think that that passion and that drive, you know, just makes him different. Jeff, I didn't hear you. Andrew, what you saw from him. Cuba. Um, first off, I saw a guy who could cover, you know, and I, I love the fact that he can cover man-to-man. And uh, and then the next thing I saw was his aggression. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's physical. Um, you know, he'll come in and hit you. Good tackler, physical. Uh, and then he picked up on the defense pretty quick. So... You know, those those three things were things that jumped so off kind of project as a free or probably more of a strong safety, uh, more of a strong and more of a nickel dime guy. Uh, I think he's a guy that can go out and play corner. Um, I mean, he he's kind of like a Kayvon, kind of like a Kayvon. He's not quite as big, as thick as Kayvon, but you know, um, he's he's fast, and quick, and physical. He, he can do a lot of things. He's a, you know, what Swiss Army knife. I mean, you know, he can just kind of 
fit a lot of places. Just hit on something like old IMG question, the D-backs out of the IMG coming together. You had the two guys from Highland Springs and Virginia together, and you got uh, Jalen and, and, uh, and Mr. Butler. Uh, uh, Booth. Booth. Both came out of out of Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's just so rare to have these pairs yeah. coming together with you. It makes it a little easier on you, doesn't it? A little bit to have those guys running together, you know, and sharing notes and stuff, and then have that. Oh yeah, and have that camaraderie. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. It gives for good chemistry for sure. Is it realistic to think that could really buy for some legit? I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know he's got a lot of depth. Yeah, he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. He needs to. I think the biggest thing for him, he's got the skill set. I think the biggest thing for him is to learn, learn the, the calls, the defense itself, and you know that comes with that comes with experience and and with time, and you know when he gets his opportunities in the games, which he's going to get, he needs to, you know, he needs to take advantage of. Them. Oh, no, no, no question. No question about it. Yeah. Um, when, when you guys, he talked to Rob Miller, and he talked about the offensive line since the time he got here to now. He talked about how the defense has been changed since then, and how your offense has changed, defense has changed, attack. Now you've got RPOs, you've got tight ends that are, look like wide receivers, hybrids out there running the slots. It's changed up your whole group out there and how they cover and who's, who's got responsibility-wise. You don't have a guy like an Isaiah Simmons, a freak running back there, that can wipe that whole thing out and change that whole dynamic, no matter who they put up there. How do you find a guy to put on that slot? How do you go out and find a guy and not make, make him just be highlighted like he's the guy, he's our Simmons, he's the, he's the guy that we're going to put out there? He's, yeah, I, I think it depends on down and distance, yep. and I think it depends on the kind of player they put out there and what you know what kind of receiver he is, or is he a is he a receiving tight end, or is he a blocking tight end? Is he a you know, is he a guy that's a, a true slot punt return, kick return guy that's got a lot of lot of twitch to him, or is he a long a long guy? You know, I mean, because you got to get you know you got to get corner type bodies on those slots. And you got to get linebacker type bodies on those big tight ends, you know. And you know, having an Isaiah Simmons, that's a you know, the, you know the, that's the white, he's the washout. Yeah, he that's all that away. But that's, he's, he's rare. Now you got a personal. Now you got to personnel your defense with their with their offense, and that's what I do up in the box. You know, hey, here's who's coming in. Here's who we got to get in the game. You know, to to get the matchups. But and if you get caught in the if you get caught in the game, then you got to you know. We prepare, you know, corners and, and, and backers to switch when they need to because guys are trying to get, you know, guys are trying to get one-on-ones with your with your linebackers. Talk about body types and safety. I mean, you can guys like Robert Smith play safety. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, five, nine, five, ten. And then you got Jaron Curse at six, five. You got Isaiah at six, four. Mm-hmm. Different kinds of body types back there. I mean, how does that factor into how you coach these guys? Yeah, to me, I'm – I like the instinctive guys, and the guys you're naming were very instinctive players, different body types, but very instinctive at what they did. And that, those are the guys that are going to win for you, guys that, that, that are going to make plays. And, yeah, you know, you get some big-body kids, and you, and you get excited about them, but if, they, if, but, yeah, but if they can't play, you know, you're better off, you're better off putting, you know, a smaller guy in that has those instincts. You know, that's where a guy like Nolan Turner got his opportunity – 
you know, because he didn't have the he didn't have the measurables that everybody was looking for. And but when you put him on the field, he was better than these other guys. <laughs> and you saw it. He's a football player. And to me, that's what I look for in practice. I'm looking for safeties that can play football, you know. You saw Tyler in, in high school. Football player. Is he the guy you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So he's a guy that doesn't have the measurables, but he's a football player. And he's strong as an ox in the weight room, and he'll throw his body around out there. He's smart. He's fast. I mean, you go back in in high school, I mean, this kid was a quarterback, you know, not to throw the ball. Heck, he was catching it and running it, and nobody could catch him. (laughs) And, I mean, he's got unbelievable change of direction, quickness, explosion, you know, and he loves the game. You know, that's, those are the kind of kids that that end up surpassing some of these big-bodied, high-profile guys that, that maybe are not good football players. You know, I think we think in recruiting, you know, we lose sight of of the the game to the measurements. Yeah, you play quarterback in high school. That's got to be an advantage sitting back there. I love that. I love I love a, a safety who can who play quarterback in high school or even running back or even receiver. I mean, I love a two-way guy, and I love guys that play baseball, uh, you know, because you have to you, – you know, you Man, Brian, um, you know, came in day one and was, you know, excellent pass rusher, man, could get, really get off the football. And, um, you know, had some work to do in the run game. He really went to work in that aspect of it. And, um, you know, really was outstanding his freshman year. Um, Ten-game ten starter. And, um, you know, led all true freshmen, defensive tackles and sacks with four. So, I mean, you can't, you can't have much better year than he had as a freshman. But um, he has really been working hard and had a great spring. And really starting to take a, take it to another level, and um, that's what we've challenged him on, just to you know max out his abilities and to get better in the run game, and not just focus on pass rush. Man, it always starts up front. It's up front, up, up front first, and and then um, inside out, and. Um, our guys have taken that approach. You know, you know, we had a sour taste in our mouth coming off that last game we played this season against Ohio State. And um, our guys, man, they've owned it and just really focused on getting more physical and, you know, reestablishing that defensive line, man, and that line of scrimmage. So that's been, that's been fun to watch, and those guys are working their tails off. Along those same lines, Coach Christian was saying this was probably the most physical spring that he's seen since he's been here. Would you agree with that? Kind of how did that decision come about? Oh man, I think I think the players made a decision that hey, we're gonna come out. We got out physical, so we're gonna come out in the spring and be physical. And um, that that charge also started with Coach Sweeney um, driving that. And those guys, man, they really went to work in the weight room. A lot of times. You know, when you when you get out physical like that, that's where it starts. And so a lot of guys went to their individual part of that and um, just really recommitted themselves to that weight room. Sobering is that this, this, this program isn't used to, to being pushed around like it was. How much of it was sort of a check on, uh, on the whole sort of the program's identity 
Well, you know, I think um, humble pie is the best kind of pie. And um, our guys, man, you know, you, you got to sometimes you got to get that chip back on your shoulder that um, regardless, you know, who tells you you're great, you got to come hungry every day and you got to come humble every day to be to go out and work hard. And um, we put that chip back on our shoulder and and try to get game reps and in, in practice. And that's what Coach Gresham was talking about, you know, being able to go out there and compete every day, man, and sharpen each other. And um, CHIP stands for Compete How I Practice, man, and it shouldn't be any difference from the game to the practice field. And um, that's, what we, that's what we had to get back to. Seems like you have no shortage of leaders on the defensive line. Did you see anyone really take that next step there in the offseason? Man, I've been just really, really pleased with Tyler Davis. Um, He's really he, he's took it to another level, and um, Brian and Brian has also been a leader for us over the summer. And then we've got defensive ends. You know, you can you can probably reach in a hat and pick a name out of the defensive ends who have came in and, and been leaders and bright spots and and just trying to take our group to the next level, man. Putting in extra work, um, KJ Henry, Justin Foster, um, all those guys have done a great job. How did you guys receive I can't even show you right now if I'm sitting down. I got to stand up to show you. But I was, man, jumping, leaping for joy, man, because I know the type of young man this guy is, man. He's a he's a, he's a rock-solid guy who's going to, you know, be where he's supposed to be, doing what he's supposed to do. And um, just a relentless after, you know, becoming the best version of him. And he also brings people with him. That's probably the best quality. He's bringing people with him. And, um... So we're thrilled to have him back. Recruiting philosophy-wise, when things opened up, I know a lot of schools were doing officials in the summer and that kind of stuff, and you guys stuck with the plan that no officials during the summer. So did y'all talk about that at all? Was there any discussion? And, and what was that like? Man, that was, uh, that was great. Just, um, you know, knowing who you are, your DNA, your, your identity, um, we've never done that as far as bringing guys in on official visits um, in the spring or the summer. Um, and we stuck to who we are, and um, it served us well. You know, guys who really wanted to come see us, they came. And, um, you know, it worked out for us. So I'm, I'm really thrilled with where we are right now, and class to come together great. Is that going to pay off too, you feel like, in the fall when you guys still have all the officials you can use and some of these goals are, are running out? Yes, sir, because that's your best, you know, that's your best bullet that you have. You know, that's you, being able to show a game day experience and, I'm glad we still have ours in our back pocket. Yes, sir. Both, you know, both guys, very young guys, had some maturing to do and injury, you know, bit by the injury snake and just um, overcoming adversity in that department. Um, kept a good perspective and the way that they stayed engaged and locked in on what we're trying to do. And um, I'm, I'm thrilled with where they both are on this day, man. Just really, you know, when, when a lot of adversity hits a young man that's a freshman, sometimes it caves them in and it takes a while to get them back. You know, DeMonte, you know, was injured a little bit and has, been, has went through some things and he still has a good head on his shoulders. Trey Williams comes in you know, coming off of a shoulder surgery and has to get another one. And he's, um, you know, back to healthy now. And those guys kept a good mentality, man, a good mindset 
and they made do they made the time count you know a lot of guys will miss that time and not gain anything from it well they've learned you know our playbook they've learned and they and they're just a year older a year wiser and just look forward to seeing them well, I tell you what, man, I think, um, you know, we don't really get into comparisons about other teams, but, but uh, in, within our unit, but um, we, we, we have a good gauge of what somebody's best looks like, you know, what somebody's capable of. And we got a lot of potential in the room. And um, really just trying to focus on um, improving every day and getting better every day and trying to make sure we max this room out to what they can be. And um, it doesn't hurt to have, you know, the Power Rangers that were here a couple of years ago. That film lives on forever, and you can see what it looks like and what you want it to be. Um, and that's um, inspiring for our guys. So just really look forward to, to seeing them this season and, and this fall camp um, take their game to another level. I was big for Rook, man. You know, Rook's a, a, what came in as a very raw player and um, only a few years experience playing the game. And um, he's really, you know, applied himself. He's really, you know, been in there trying to be a student of the game and learning from myself and other players um, who've played this game a long time. And he's it's just been a, been a breath of fresh air to see him grow. You know, you can just see it. It's, a, it's incremental growth from day one to now. And um, just really looking forward to him taking the field this season, man, and, and develop, you know, developing into the role that he's going to have this season. What will it take for this group to kind of match that power Rangers success? Well, the first thing, man, is just show up every day with that chip on your shoulder. Compete how you practice. Um, and, you know, being consistent from, from, from top to bottom, you know, and, that, and that's just maturity. And, you know, some days you're not going to feel like it. But come in every day, man, and, and just roll your sleeves up and go to work with that lunch pail mentality. Oh, man, he was in and out. He was in and out. I mean, and it, it, was, it was things out, you know, injuries out of your control. Nobody wakes up and says, man, I want to get hurt today. But it happened to him, and it was very frustrating for him because he is, the, you know, one of the leaders on the D-line. And, um, you know, guys perform differently when he's out there with them. They have a different confidence because they know he can help them because he's the most knowledgeable D-lineman we have. And um, so I, I know it was really, you know, hard for him, especially, you know, early in the season when we're playing Notre Dame, and he knows he can make a difference in the game. So, you know, he's, he's really been – fortifying his body and working not just you know you turn what the great ones do is they turn rehab to prehab and they try to prevent it from happening again say man this run game so his run game run game stuff just as far as his um you know coming in he was taking too big of steps getting caught with his feet in the air you know you get knocked back whenever your feet are in the air so always trying to take smaller steps in the run game and kind of 
kind of having like a um, you know a, a thermometer, if you will, on on how far how like in pass when he's passing downs, you can take those big steps. You want to gain as much ground as possible, but in the run game, that's far that's so far from the truth. You want to take six inch steps at the you know that's that's the biggest steps you want to take, and um, that's something that he's really worked on. And then just his block recognition um, and understanding you know things that can help you with that pre-snap. And um, he's done a phenomenal – he's grown so much. Like in the spring, he's probably the most improved guy. And um, and he already had a – you know, his ceiling's all, all the way up here on what he could be. And for him to be most improved, that, that tells me that, you know, he's, he's trending in the right direction. Um, it's just a, a thing around here. You know, that Power Rangers group, what I would say about them – was the best players they worked the hardest and improved the most and um that's what we that's what we're trying to get back to working the hardest improving the most always having something to prove you know never showing up like man I don't feel like it I don't know I Christian Wilkins had to have a bad day at some point but I don't I don't I never experienced that with him and um I'm not saying I've experienced that with anybody in this group but that's something that you got to show up that's a mentality that's a mindset just showing up ready to work regardless what's going on outside of your life. LEAD stands for let's eliminate all distractions. And if we're going to lead the way, we got to eliminate the distractions. You feel like the group as a whole, and during the spring you had a lot of attrition, I guess people have to sit down, but you're still able to get a good, a good sort of foundation and feel for where you are. Yes, we were, man. It was a great spring, and we needed a physical spring. You know, we needed the, you know, we needed to have every bit of that physicality and those competition drills that we had, and we needed we needed the off time in the weight room. We were so young last year. You're talking about Tyler Davis being a leader um, of defensive tackle. He was a he was a sophomore last year, and um, you know Brian Brzee started at the other one. He was a true freshman, and we had other guys who hadn't played, and um, now. You know, you don't have that. You, you've got guys with experience and who knows who knows what it takes. You know, Brian didn't know what it took to play, you know, 12 games at that high level like that, all of them being, um, you know, in-conference games at that level. So that's what they've got now. they got that experience, man, and experience is, um, is going to help them. It's going to serve them well. Well, it could be a number of guys, man. We're, we're looking forward to camp and um, letting that, it'll sort itself out. Like I said, you got Rook, you got Darnell, you got Trey, you got E.T. You got all those guys um, who have been here. Darnell, is he came in here in 18, and, you know, he really got better this spring. He really he really applied himself and got better. Um, Rook got better, improved. Trey got better. And we just got to do that again. We got to repeat that. And let's see how much better we can get in camp. So you like where Percy is in pass rushing? I do. He is. I like where he's at. And he's still got things to work on, but he is um he's really grown. He, he came in already with the ability to rush the passer, but he really got even better, you know, just just you know, using his using his um speed to power a little better. Um his hand his hand placement and precision was already on par. Um, but learning to add the speed to power to the moves that you have, it just it just makes, you know, it's just like a running back. If a running back is, um, if all he has is power, 
you're going to be able to anchor down and prepare for that. But if he has the ability, like C.J. Spiller used to, to make you move, then you got to get your feet hot. And you don't know if he's coming with power or he's coming with the finesse and going to make you look bad. So that's the same mindset as a, as a defensive lineman, man. You got to have, you got to have speed to power to keep him honest and to start off with. I do have that power that you've seen on film, but then I also have the ability to blow by you. So that's, um, that's what we're trying to do, man. You, you want all your pass rushers to have that ability to go speed to power and also have, you know, be able to speed rush, be able to also have the hand accuracy, which Brian has. Um, probably Brian's first sack. He had um, against Wake Forest. He had a he, that was a pretty good one. You know, he he, he stabbed the guy and um, was able to was able to cross face with a swim and make a sack. And um, you know, Justin Foster has a great speed to power game. A lot of our guys, Tyler Davis presses the pocket. Um, a lot of them really focus on that and they believe in what we're teaching them and and um, trying to master the craft. <laughs> You got, I mean, it's, it all works together. Like, there's, I don't think it's a part that's more important than the other. You got a four-man front. Those guys inside, they got to press the pocket. They got to be able to work together and keep the pass rush lanes even as the slide of the protection goes, working against the grain. And then those guys outside, they got to keep contained. And that's not saying they can't make an inside move, but it's saying you got to be on the upfield shoulder of the quarterback. So if you make an inside move, get back to the upfield shoulder. You have Max Evans as good as you have. Does uh, that knowledge kind of give those guys up front um, that much more thirst, I guess, to, to be relentless, you know, when, when things break down and, and be able to chase the quarterback around the pocket? Yes, I think you got to, man, you always have to have, you know, those quarterbacks, they have a clock in their head. I think D lineman, it's important for you to have a clock in your head, too. Like, and what, what I mean by that is knowing, you know, how much time you got to get there, you know, on a drop back pass or, or whatever. It, and like, for example, it may be two and a half seconds. It may be two seconds one week. And, you know, if you're in the middle of a move, if it's taking you forever to set a move up that you're doing, you're wasting time and you're not helping, you're playing for the other team. So have that clock in your head and prepare that way. Take that mindset to practice and pass rush. Take that mindset to team pass that week to where you practice actually on that clock. You know, I'm going to rush for a second and a half if I got two seconds, and I'm going to get ready to get my hands up. I'm going to press this guy in the quarterback's lap. So that's what, that's what you got to do, man. That's what our guys have, you know, part of their pass rush plan is understanding the clock. Um, man, it's, I tell you what, the culture, I think that's the number one thing. Um, we got, we, we have a special culture here, you know, coach, this all starts with coach Sweeney and it all starts with the person first. So when you come in here, the first thing you're going to, that their players want to do is they want to meet the players, the current players. And they see that they're surrounded by good people. That's number one. And, um, and then when they meet the staff as well, they see they're surrounded by good people because that's what Coach Sweeney starts with. And I think that sets up, you know, for a great experience. 
Number one, that's what mom and dad want to know. They want to know that their kid is going to be taken care of. And um, you're around some good people. That's a great start. We got to have a, a sense of urgency up front, man. We get that call. Well, you see the call. Have a sense of urgency to put your hand in the dirt. Like so many times, like you can't be you can't be just looking over here and not have a relationship with where the center is. And we've practiced this, man. Just um, you know, everybody's gonna have tempo. Everybody's gonna have a different type of tempo because that was a different type of tempo we faced. That was, you know, huddle up to the, about 10 seconds and then sprint to the line. Well, you got to get the call and be already in spot in your place, and then where you can just put your hand down. And, um, you know, having young guys last season, a lot of times we didn't have guys that know both positions by the strength of the formation. So we've really worked hard on that, man, on, on um, more guys. That was, that was my number one thing, like, as far as getting guys' knowledge brought up to where they can play nose tackle or, or three technique where they can play deep left to fit, um, the end to the call and the end away from the call. And um, so they, and that takes that takes work on their part. And, you know, so that's a credit to them. They've really fixed it. Well, they, well they, again, being able to line up, being able to know, oh, okay, right, scouts calls right, right, right. Well, this, this, the end to the call is supposed to be over here. And sometimes instead of standing in the middle, and then sprinting over there to get lined up, that's that's the issue. Yeah, yeah. It, and it all works hand in hand. I've played D-line, and I know what that feels like. And you just can't be casual. You know, getting you, you can't be, you know, okay, let me put my hand down. Let me get my – you got to be able to do it quickly. And, you know, that's what we got to improve, and that's what we've worked on. We've worked on being able to, number one, expand our knowledge of the playbook to where we know more than one position. It's very important that you know what your, what your guys inside are doing, what your outside guys are doing, and um, so that you can play faster. I know I can't go out there because he's out there. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we've really worked on. Skowski, you got ejected in the second quarter of that Ohio State game. Uh, of course, you got ejected in the LSU game as well. He missed the Notre Dame game in South Bend. But just how valuable is that guy having that guy in the field? He's a coach on the field, man. He's a very, he's, I mean, all of our guys respect him. Um, he puts in the work. He's up here as much as anybody watching tape. And um, he just, again, a coach on the field. I can't, I can't stress that enough how comfortable you feel just with you know having that guy okay a lot of good stuff in there had a good time catching up with all the folks over in the football offices really uh really an uncommon gesture i guess for the head coach and the staff to open up uh, their building like that and to be so friendly i don't think you see that at many other places if any so as much heat that Dabo gets for <laughs> Whatever he says, in a lot of cases, probably worth commending him for this particular thing, uh, which is, again, uh, not something you see elsewhere. Appreciate our very generous and loyal sponsors for supporting the podcast. Also, most of all, appreciate all of you for hitting play every week. Be back next week. Cheers.
Thank you.